0: Everyone, welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. We're back from our one week hiatus. If you like the podcast, make sure to like and subscribe either on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You guys know the drill if you've been listening for a while. And if you don't, welcome. We're so grateful that you found the show. Again, hit that like and subscribe button. Make sure to follow, leave a review, let us know how we're doing. I uh, I'll give you a little bit of a heads up next week. I'm going to do something pretty fun. At least I think it's fun. I'm going to give you an all decade, all big 10 team. And I I actually mostly filled it out. I just want to get some more statistics up for it, but I I actually was able to fill out a whole roster of what I believe is the first team, all big 10 team from 2011 to 2020. I think it's going to be a fun show. We're going to do a little bit more of that during the off season. Obviously some NFL draft stuff is going to come down the pike. Uh, I'll probably, I don't know when the NFL draft is, but depending on what it is, I might actually try to record kind of an instant reaction of the first round. Um, I'm depending on the day, I need to actually look it up here real quick, but that's, that's kind of my, my hope and excitement. If I don't get to that, I'll probably drop an emergency pod the Monday following the draft, because I just think the NFL draft is a really fun, uh, fun thing. Oh, no, I'm, I'm going to try to do an instant reaction Thursday, April 28th. Um, that, that's when I'm going to do it. Uh, depending on want to do I might actually live react from Buffalo Wild Wings or something because I might I love the draft the draft is like my favorite thing in the world that being said I I have a very important topic that I want to cover this morning this afternoon whenever you're you're listening to this and it it really it doesn't just have to do with the Big Ten It, it it deals with College athletics, but I think it's dominated the whole framework. I think of life over the, especially over the past couple of years, um, and it's it's the uh, the reality of mental health and the reason why this is coming up. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, a prominent Ohio State lineman by the name of Harry Miller, he medically retired. Now, before beforehand. Ohio State fans were very, very curious about what was going on with Harry Miller. Just to give you a little bit of context, Harry Miller was a five-star recruit. Uh, He's a five-star re- recruit out of Georgia. He started for Ohio State for his, his redshirt freshman year. He started every game, and he was okay. He wasn't, he wasn't a phenomenal starter, but he was a, a good player. A solid player and there was a there were high hopes for him as he was moving forward and then all of a sudden 2021 happens and he is not in the starting lineup week after week after week he is on the unavailable list for Ohio State and Ohio State doesn't release an injury report they release an availability report and some of that, a lot of that we thought may, might have been COVID related because they didn't want to give away who had COVID, who didn't have, who had COVID, who didn't have COVID, stuff like that. And so there was just, there were a lot of question marks because Harry Miller, I think, only played in three games this year. The line was good, not great. So there wasn't a lot of, uh, there, there weren't a lot of answers or, or a lot of clarity to why he wasn't playing. It, it didn't seem like it was an injury. It didn't seem like it was uh, anything COVID related. It just seemed like there were personal issues, but we didn't, we didn't know what it was. And on the surface, if you, if you know Harry Miller at all, or have heard of Harry Miller, he was a, a very gifted man. He still is a very gifted man. Uh, talks a lot about old philosophy and uh, old authors, just a very, very thoughtful young man. He uses his NIL uh, opportunities to give to a a mission, I think in Nicaragua. So like the dude on the outside seems like a really just solid guy, right? And the only thing that's that's weird about it is he's not playing. And you're like, "Why is it?" It's not like the guys ahead of him or playing that were getting playing time was it, they weren't lighting it up. They were good, they weren't great. Well, a couple of weeks ago, Harry Miller released a statement saying he was medically retiring. And I I first saw it on 11warriors.com, a, a really good Ohio State fan site, and I was just I was shocked. Cuz I knew he had taken some days off. I knew that He hadn't been around the program all that much, but I hadn't heard of anything medical. So I, you know, really caught my attention. And then I want to read his statement for you in total, because I think it's important to hear. I know as I read it, I was just, I, I I was on the verge of tears reading this, but this is what he, he wrote. I am medically retiring. I would not usually share such information. However, because I have played football, I am no longer afforded the privilege of privacy. So I will share my story briefly before more articles continue to ask what is wrong with Harry Miller. That is a good question. It is a good enough question for me not to know the answer, though I have asked it often. Prior to the season last year, I told Coach Day of my intention to kill myself. He immediately had me in touch with Dr. Candice and Dr. Norman, and I received the support I needed. After a few weeks, I tried my luck at football once again with scars on my wrists and throat. Maybe the scars were hard to see with my wrists taped up. Maybe it was hard to see the scars to the bright colors of the television. Maybe the scars were hard to hear through all the talk shows and interviews. They are hard to see, and they are easy to hide, but they sure do hurt. There was a dead man on the television set, but nobody knew it. At the time, I would rather be dead than a coward. I'd rather be nothing at all than have to explain everything that was wrong. I was planning on being reduced to my initials on a sticker on the back of a helmet. I had seen people seek help before, I had seen the age old adage of how our generation was softening by the second, but I can tell you my skin was tough, it had to be. But it was not tougher than the sharp metal of my box cutter. And I saw how easy it was for people to dismiss others by talking about how they were just a dumb college kid who didn't know anything. But luckily, I am a student in the College of Engineering, and I have a 4.0, and whatever accolades you might require, so maybe if somebody's hurt can be taken seriously for once, it can be mine. And maybe I can vouch for all the other people who hurt, but are not taken seriously, because for some reason, pain must have prerequisites. A person like me, who supposedly has the entire world in front of them, can be fully prepared to give up the world entirely. This is not an issue reserved for the far and away. It's in our homes. It's in our conversations. It is in the people we love. I am not angry. I had to lose my anger because I did not know if God would forgive me if I went to him in anger. I did not know how the host of hosts would respond to my untimely arrival, and I did not want to tempt him. So in my sadness, I lost my anger and learned many things. I learned what color blood is through the tears of my eyes. I learned that the human ear cannot distinguish between the two when their drops hit a tiled floor. But above all, I learned love, the type of love that can only be pieced together by the mechanism of brutal sadness. And so I will love more than I can be hated or laughed at, for I know the people who are sneering need most the love that I was looking for. The cost of apathy is life, but the price of life is as small as an act of kindness. I am a life preserved by the kindness that was offered to me by others when I could not produce kindness for myself. We ask, how could this have happened? But that single question cannot absolve us of all the questions we might've asked while it was happening. I'm grateful for the infrastructure Coach Day has put in place at Ohio State. And I'm grateful that he is letting me find a new way to help others in the program. I hope athletic departments around the country do the same. If not for him and the staff, my words would not be a reflection, they would be evidence in a post-mortem. God bless those who love God bless those who weep and God bless those who hurt and only know how to share their hurt by anger, for they are learning to love with me. I am okay. And there is hope. There's help always. Dumb spiro pero, while I breathe, I hope. That is Harry Miller's statement in his medical retirement. Just to give you a little bit more, um, he was on the Today Show earlier this week talking about his journey. Uh, Just again, a a very sobering statement on that program. Uh, he, He mentioned this quote, I had no intention of this happening the way that it did. People call me brave, but for me, it just felt like not dying. It felt like being honest. Maybe bravery is just being honest when it would be easier not to, and if that's bravery, then so be it. I've just been really grateful to receive the help that I have and be able to share with others. And then he goes on to say, the, the dilemma is that nobody has to say something, but that is precisely why somebody has to say something. Just Just very sobering, His mother also commented, uh, Christina Miller. And she, she talked about going to find uh, these bloody box cutters in her son's room. I, I just can't, I'm a parent. I can't imagine that. And one of the things that she reiterated was, was Ryan Day's stance, uh, Coach Ryan Day's stance on mental health. And I, I guess the quote, that they, they shared, I don't care about football, I care about you, that you're happy and healthy. That's, and I, and I wanna start, I think with that, we forget that football is a game. It, it's a sport, but it's nothing more than that. And yes, there's opportunity, I appreciate what Harry said that he, you know, a lot of people have this weight of expectation on him that he has the whole world in front of him. But at the same time, it's just football. And we as fans, you know, it's fun. The the rivalries are fun. The, you know, the camaraderie, all, all that stuff is fun but we rarely think about the toll that these student athletes are going through and it has been exponentially increased with the advent of social media you know before if i wanted to tell someone that a player shouldn't be starting it was at the cafeteria lunchroom or it was in the dorm room or it was it was whatever Now, in five seconds, and I'm guilty of this. In five seconds, you can tweet out to the whole world that player's trash, or that player's no good, or that player stinks, that player, you know, should go kill himself. Now, I've never tweeted that, but I know people who have. I'll never forget, as a fan, being so disappointed. Uh, It was 2005. I was in the stands for this game. It was uh, Ohio state hosting Texas. And if, if you are a Buckeye fan uh, that is at least 25 years old or 30 years old, you know, the name Ryan Hamby because he had a touchdown pass that would have clinched the game in his fingertips and it got knocked out of his hands. They had to settle for a field goal. Vince Young leads a game-winning drive. And they're essentially knocked out of, the, out of the BCS championship race in week two. And it was not Ryan Hamby's fault that they lost the game, first of all. But the amount of vitriol directed at him in 2005, this is before Twitter, but this is on message boards and, and all this stuff. And he mentioned the amount of death threats he received. Listen, can you imagine being a 22 year old and you're, you're a player who probably isn't going to make the NFL. Who's just playing to get a free ride, to get a degree. You've worked so hard to be a productive teammate and to be a good teammate. And you are getting hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions, of death threats. It, it's incredible to me as I as I thought about this, the amount of of pressure we put on these eighteen to twenty two year olds that we haven't seen more of this. Uh, we, you know, I think it was at Stanford recently. There was another. Uh, there was another suicide. Uh, I'm trying to remember her name. Uh, I'm going to look it up here because her name deserves to be remembered. But uh, Katie Meyer, Katie Meyer is a soccer goalie for Stanford. She was a star soccer goalie uh, committed suicide and you know, 22. And, and we just don't, we don't, Think about the pressures that are put on these young athletes, and so I, w- I wanted to take the opportunity to talk a little bit more about it on this show for a couple reasons. One, if, if you know me at all, or if you follow the show at all, you know I'm a, I'm a Christian minister, um, I love Jesus, love the gospel, um, but I, I'm also very passionate about how does Jesus and the gospel intersect with this emerging what feels like a crisis in the mental health field. It's like, actually I'm pursuing a degree in biblical counseling. And that's one of the reasons why. And as, as I see this landscape and I see what Harry Miller's talking about, no, you know, and he was mentioning in his words, nobody is thinking when he is off the field, oh, I wonder if he's okay. Most people, if not all people, are thinking, why the heck is he not on the field to help us win a game? And I I hope as fans and as analysts and as as people who evaluate the game and evaluate players, we we start to recognize a few things. One is that it's just a game. It's just a game. And I need to reiterate reiterate this to myself because I know early September when CJ Stroud throws the first incomplete pass or his first interception, hopefully not to a Notre Dame defender, but to somebody, oh, what was he thinking? That's dumb. Like I could do better, first of all. Um, But second of all, Like think of all the pressure that he's feeling. And yes, you can say that he signed up for it, right? Like you can say that he signed up for that. You're, you're the starting quarterback at a major big 10 institution, right? Michael Penix probably felt it this year at Indiana and Indiana stinks. Like no offense to Indiana, but they stunk this year, but Penix, you know, he, he had the weight of the world on his shoulders as a quarterback. And I mean, by week three, Like people are dogging him and it's, it's, you know, yes, he was not playing well, but that's all you need to say. Really all you need to say, he wasn't playing well. You know, Harry Miller, his redshirt freshman year, there were times he did not play well because he was young, but to go as far to say he stinks, he sucks, he's this, He's that. The reality is we we don't understand what these guys are going through. And and just to to be clear, I'm just talking about football and the fan interaction. There's also their own expectations. There's also their future hopes and dreams. There's the fact that they actually have to keep a a solid GPA. There's a stigma around student-athletes that and football players, especially, that you're dumb, and so you're, you're maybe trying to prove uh, prove otherwise. You have to keep up a ton of relationships within the program, within your unit, with your coaches, your family. You know, his, who knows how far away players' families are. And Harry Miller's family is in Georgia. Last time I checked, the, the drive time from Georgia to Ohio was not just down the block. Right? So there are all these factors. They're just getting into NIL, which everybody's like, Oh, well, he's getting paid now. Yeah. And as a, to to quote the notorious BIG, mo money, mo problems. Like there's just exponential stuff that these players are going through. And I'm not saying they, they, they shouldn't be aware of it, that they should know that, that they've signed up for it. Yes. If they make it, and they make it to the NFL, or even if they don't make it to the NFL, there's still a lot of money to be made. So yes, they're signing up for some of that, but we need to realize these are human beings made in the image of God. And they are not, we are not made to take this much pressure. Like we are finite beings. We are, we are, we are not God. We cannot take, uh, in a sense, the 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 negative prayers of Twitter day in and day out. We weren't made for that. And so I, I think that's one the, the one thing I, that I want to just get get through to us is that as fans, we need to watch what we say. We need to watch what we say, we need to watch what we type, we need to watch what we post. You know, I, I'm speaking. I'm going to go religious here because I, you know, I'm i I'm a Christian. If you are a Christian listening to this, I'm, I'm just to say this, your goal is to always edify and to build others up in grace. Start looking at what you're posting on Twitter. And I, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. I'm preaching to myself here. What does your Twitter feed say about you? Particularly in what you post about, athletes about coaches about other fans like man I, I i've got repenting to do and if you're of another faith and you're listening to this i just want to i, I want to plead with you the same thing please edify don't tear down please, you know we, we are every word we speak either gives life or destroys it and so, that, and that includes, and it is especially true, true on Twitter. Um, Ephesians 4.29 is the verse I'm thinking of when it says to, to build, build one another up. Um, so that's, that's the first thing I want to state. Second, second thing I want to just point out, Ryan Day, Coach Ryan Day has been an advocate for mental health ever since he got to Ohio State. And you know, I've 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 shared some skepticism of him as a big game coach a couple times. I love Ryan Day as a, as an Ohio State guy, um, but I've I've had my my quibbles with him uh, in game management stuff like that. And I think you know. Just to, just to be clear, I don't think it's ever wrong to criticize decisions made, especially by adults who make money, as long as it's done in a way that's, that's fair, right? Saying that Ryan Day's an idiot is not fair. Questioning his decision to, to kick a field goal with 18 seconds left in the, at the end of the Rose Bowl, I think that's a fair that's a fair criticism, especially when you're making like $6 million a year. That being said... I hope he's the coach at Ohio State forever. I don't care if we don't win a national championship because he has exemplified what college athletics really should be about, which is about building character, about loving one another, loving your neighbor as yourself, and making sure people get the help they need. That's what Harry Miller's experience is. That's what they've advocated for. And I absolutely agree with them that every college uh, athletics department should model what Ohio State has done in this arena, um, at least what Ryan Day has done. I don't, I don't know anything about the basketball. Uh, well, that's not true. I, know, I, I think DJ Carton transferred because of mental health stuff. And he had mentioned that he had gotten some good help from Chris Holtman. So good on, good on Chris Holtman for that as well. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Chris Holman's the Ohio State basketball coach. But like, this is a thing that we need to we need to really get in with with other college athletic departments is to think through how do we build helpful support structures for student athletes who are who feel all this pressure and feel like there's no way out to help them be able to express what they're really feeling. I, I think that's something that we have to do. Um, and so kudos to Ryan day. I hope he never, like, I hope he never leaves because what he's instilled in this program is not just about winning titles. It's about caring for the whole person. Um, and, and I think that's, that's really good. I, I I deeply appreciate that about Ryan day and about what Ohio state's doing and not as a fan, but as a, as a, someone who wants to see people flourish. Uh, I, I care about that. The, there's a, a last thought, and and it's this, uh, and it, it, it's for those of you who are listening, but also just just the reality of what's even just the past two years. Especially, there's been a lot of stressors. I, I know myself; I've I've had to get off social media off and on over the past two years because. Of uh, some of the vitriol on online, I've been there where I've felt uh, the urge to to harm myself um, in fact a few years a few years ago um, it wasn't severe um, but I, I remember I was driving home and I was like, man, I should just drive into the other lane. Uh, Let someone take me, and and I don't share that, you know, to to steal sympathy or anything, but rather what I what I did in that moment, you know, I'm a I'm a father. At the time, I only had two kids. I have three. I'm a husband, uh, and you know, I I firmly believe to 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 live as Christ and to die as gain. So I do believe that when I die, I'm I'm going to be with Jesus and I'm I'm going to be in heaven because he's he's died for my sin. Um, but also that I'm called to live here until he takes me home. And I knew I was, you know, that I'd be taking things in my own hands. I'd be living, leaving my wife as a, as a widow, leaving my kids childless. And so my, my immediate thing is when I got home is I need to get a counselor. I need to, I need to figure out what's going on in me because I can't keep going. I can't go down this road um I've walked along other side uh, alongside other people who have had friends commit suicide um and so I've I've seen it I've lived it and I I share this that we need to keep having the conversation and we we need to realize that there's a whole host of things that drive us to this there's there's no one stand pat answer but the solution always starts with openness and honesty and that's why i appreciate what harry is doing and and i just want to end with by saying this harry miller i doubt you're listening to this but if you are um i'm very grateful that you have shared your story especially with a lot of people who have probably probably don't deserve to hear it uh and i'm probably one of them but you are a a blessing to people um and I just want to remind you, too, you know, as someone who who claims Christ and who loves, who loves the Lord, that you are loved. And I'm really grateful that He spared your life. And you are a brave man who has endured a lot, and i I have a lot of confidence that your stand and giving up kind of the dream of being an Ohio State football player, giving up that dream to advocate for something bigger and better is going to pay dividends and it's going to be much more fruitful, not just now, but for eternity. And so uh, I know that I, you know, I got a bit more spiritual than I typically do on this podcast. If you're offended by it, I'm, I'm not sorry. <laughs> I I think it's important. And I think it's important to come from, a, at least for me, from a, a biblical uh, understanding of it. Um, and so I, if you are offended, I'm sorry, I'll get back to just talking football next week. But, uh, I do want to be clear, like, this is an important thing. And, um, for those of you who are out there that are struggling, um, there's a God who loves you and he, he wants to draw near to you. Um, and he proved that in, in the person of Jesus. Um, and if you are struggling, it is worth it to get help. It's worth it to, to share it with somebody. It's worth it to give someone a call. Um, you know, talk to a pastor, talk to a counselor, talk to somebody and get help. Um, it is not weak. Well, it's, it's not, I want to be careful how I say this. It is not bad to be weak. In fact, that is, that is, at least as a Christian, it's the basis of our faith is that we are weak so that he is strong. So it's okay to be weak. It's not wrong to be weak. It's good to be weak, and so admit it. Um, it's a much sobering, much more sobering tone uh, this week, and but I think a hopeful tone. Um, and yeah, if you have questions for me, um, you know, feel free to shoot them to me. Um, you know, even if they're personal things, um, feel free to to send me a message. Uh, you can always follow me on, on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, Instagram is Big Ten Football Talk, uh, is the handle, but really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this. Um, yeah, next week we will, will transition back to a much lighter topic in at all the all decade Big Ten football team, but until then I'm signing off. Um, Yeah. Thanks for listening. Hope you guys have a good morning, good afternoon, good night, and God bless.